0: Hi, humans. Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren.
1: And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking.
0: We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith.
1: We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, onto the episode. Hello. welcome back to the podcast uh we are almost on one year of deconstruct being around Yeah. so we wanted to take an opportunity to do like a little mini series here yeah where we deconstruct our deconstruction
0: (laughs) we reflect on the past year i feel like we have evolved um we have continued to deconstruct we have continued to reconstruct a lot of our views of life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, and <laughs> and our faith, and our relationship has changed and grown too. So um, we thought it'd be really fun to listen back on some of the episodes that we've done that uh, have some of the more listened to analytics and dive into uh, what it is that we talked about and kind of <laughs> deconstruct.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just, it's so interesting because most people don't have the opportunity like we had to have this entire process down on tape you know yeah like it's all on record we can go back we can listen to it we can follow the the through line
0: yeah so we're going to start with our episode with my our friend Ashley Trebue and that was the debut of talking about purity culture and we broke the seal and we talked about sex and I'm pretty sure we talked about masturbation we talked about a lot of things. We talked about Josh Harris and his book and basically what what now, what happens after purity culture. We haven't listened back through this. This will be our first time listening back through since basically it came out. So yeah.
1: Let's so dive listen right to in. us uh, pop the wine, <laughs> grab <laughs> some popcorn and uh, listen to our own episode.
0: Or like us, beer and jalapeno chips.
1: Yeah. Same, same.
0: <laughs> let's go. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Let's talk about it. Uh, okay. So, first of all, <laughs> there's obviously been a name change. Right. It was once Let's Talk About It. Be- it was a
1: little bland, but it's what we had.
0: <laughs> because we didn't know exactly. Honestly, we didn't even, we weren't even using the word deconstruct, I don't think, at this point, which no. isn't, which is interesting. So, that was Let's Talk About It was the first, was the title in the first like six months, I think it was. But anyway, okay. Let's move on. Back. To things. So, Huh. purity culture. Yeah, what is it? Does it have a, I, I don't know if it's in, like, it doesn't have a definition quite yet. But purity culture is uh, um, in church. And uh, then it started in the 90s is what like when purity culture like was born. Although the teachings have been around for forever, for a very long time. Absolutely. Okay, no, that's not true. I mean, yes, that's true. It's been up for a long time. Purity culture, I mean, you need to look back, it started in the Old Testament. This this is not new. No. The true love weight stuff, I think, began in the 80s. but
1: Assimilating it into our current culture definitely was new.
0: Linda K. Klein, her book Pure, she goes into the history of purity culture. She knows more about that. Don't listen to this old version of me that didn't know <laughs> wholly where it came from. Um, I think purity culture does have a definition now, but... I think basically I explain it explain it here it's waiting to have sex but it's more than that it's modesty culture it's right base it's gender
1: roles it's control mechanism yeah yeah the yeah. thought life
0: right yeah. Yeah. yes yeah. well, well
1: <laughs> that gets deep because then it even you know gets into all the who is responsible for whose thought life.
0: Exactly. So that being said, though, I mean, I know you're like, we'll get into it, but that's kind of important now. A lot of purity culture, it was very separating of men and women. It was very like, here's your message and here's your message. And it being, men are just these sexual beings that can't control themselves and that women are fully responsible for how a man reacts and
1: thinks. (laughs) One thing to note too on that part about men being there there being a certain idea about men through uh, purity culture. I can say for myself that that is something that affected me and I something I've been talking about recently is my 180 to almost toxic femininity in myself where I'm pushing back so hard against those kind of things that came from the ideas that purity culture um was an example of and 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 painted a picture of who people were i pushed back so hard against that that i definitely have found myself leaning too, too hard into my feminine side and rejecting any sort of masculine traits of myself and i think that's something to work through too i don't i don't think it's necessarily so one-sided either
0: yeah I mean you can be toxic in any way that you're just forcing yourself to be one way or another if something's forced it's not necessarily healthy
1: right it's about finding balance
0: I was a small person so I wasn't told how to dress well spirit because I was small and not so curvy as like some of my other friends um, and I never really cared to dress like I I was I was fine dressing like a boy to be honest so Mm -hmm. I didn't I was not told that I had a Jezebel spirit, but I literally had family and friends be told that. So I was like, okay, so I'm desexualized because I'm not, like I don't have that, like I don't have that Jezebel spirit, but something inside me was like, but maybe I do kind of want. Maybe I, do I think one thing to note too is that I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say dressing like a boy now these days. I have always been more drawn to dressing more androgynous that's always been something I've been attracted to within my own self and my own style, but also that's what I like in other people in their style. So yeah, that's just a minor correction in my verbiage there. Same. I just, I, I mean like the message of like women, you're not sexual. And I was like, I don't resonate. Totally. Like- if women aren't sexual and please don't mind the the binary terms that we're using, but if women aren't sexual then how do we make so many men stumble?
1: <laughs> that's real. Literally, like, unless, unless they're just creating a night a lot of you. Well, essentially,
0: space. of course, that's what it is. It's, it's, I mean, a lot of women, and again, <laughs> please excuse the binary words, the verbiage that we're using, but I feel like a lot of women are naturally sexual. I I would say that the woman body is sexual, it's appealing, yeah. beautiful, and there are. <laughs> I personally will speak from my experience, and I have a lot of sexual hormones. However, you know we have been taught that it's not for us, though. Mm. Therefore, desexualizing us, and you can see that. The, it's just not true that women aren't sexual because of how much we apparently make people stumble, right? So the logic there is very flawed.
1: Right. It's like they're almost trying to create a divide. Yeah. In your sexuality and your pleasure.
0: Yeah. But absolutely. That's why Hollywood it's rare to see is it's not as rare now but it's been very rare to see a woman be pleased but it's very often you see a man right. getting off or getting a blow job or masturbating whatever but you don't really see that for a woman you don't see it portrayed although it happens right <laughs> all the time in real life my whole relationship with god as soon as i heard the purity message so i'm, I'm from 11 years old to when i got married i was always like I would base somebody be like how's your walk? Like how are you? Like how's your walk with God? Like how's your relationship? And literally the first thought that came to my mind was like okay, well, have I been sexual lately? Like have I like mm. masturbated recently? <laughs> have I thought things lately? And literally I was like, well, if I hadn't, I would say it's good. Like we're good. I'm good. Like I feel connected to God. And then and then on like retrospect or like on the other side, if I had or if I had been like more sexual lately i'm like it's bad or like me and god are not good which is not how god functions but that right. was like that was what was preached to me it was like my relationship with god was completely centered around my sexuality interesting and that was the message that i was given
1: well and in a way too that like that makes in your head and in your own, like, spirituality that you're finding, right? Like, that makes sex the anti-God.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. If,
1: if if sex is, like, the primary thing that disconnects your relationship from God, then mm-hmm. that is the antithesis, that is the God that you're worshiping that is not God, Yeah. Mm-hmm. rather than living in a place where sexuality and pleasure and all of that 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 entails is something that was given to you by God, that it's a form of worship, yeah. that it's a form of, like, appreciating everything that, like, God created you to be and, like, built inside of you and built into relationships and into your own, like, psyche.
0: Yeah, totally. I think it's interesting that you said you said that sex would then be, like, anti-God because to me, you know, now after being married for two and a half years and, like, having our own you know, ups and downs in our in our sexual life. I it's interesting because my sexuality, even though it it was negative, that it was tied to God and my relationship to God. Although that that was negative and traumatizing. So right. me being me freeing myself from a lot of those purity culture messages and from a lot of other other messages that we have deconstructed has made me it's interesting i think there are parts of me that i have not been able to fully embrace my like sexually because i have let go of that part of
1: god interesting so do you feel like that changed when you changed the primary pronoun you use for god when you like reimagined what god looks like in your mind
0: yeah, and perhaps it was part of my, you know, part of we we are all about embracing and helping other people embrace their kinks here and <laughs> deconstruct. And I think one of mine was like, you know, the whole sneaky thing, like quickies are fun for me and like keeping the windows open, that's fun for me. And I think there was a sense of like, oh, like this big god thing was watching me and it was part of my Sexuality that it was like sneaky, and I was you doing something, fun, right. and then I had to apologize, and it's like this whole thing. So, in a way, this negative, toxic relationship with God was part of my sexuality.
1: <laughs> it was a kink. It was a kink, <laughs> um,
0: oddly enough. And I think, yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm like realizing as as we're listening back through this, that maybe there's parts of me that almost doesn't know how to embrace certain sexual aspects without it being wrong. Interesting. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally. It's just it's so twisted. <laughs> no, no, not twisted because I think that just puts another negative connotation on it. I just yeah. think it's so like clearly there's still more healing to be done. Obviously. You have to you have to heal all of it so that you can operate within whatever it is you want to operate within, think whatever you need <laughs> to think. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I just think that's interesting. I feel like I kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit in ways I was like, I was always comfortable. So, you know, I did musical theater. I'm just, I don't know, I'm comfortable with my body. Um, and so I remember I just, and, and yeah, and time's just pushing the boundaries. I'm like, it's fine. If like, If I would have to change or something and there'd be a guy around, I was like, I don't care if you, like, I don't care if you look. Like, I don't oh, wow. care if you turn around or if I don't, I never cared. And Adam actually knows this from on tour. Like, I was that way, like, before we were ever, ever dating. I was that way, but, like, because of his experience, he was like, no, I'll leave the room. Like, you know, obviously he was like, okay, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. But for me, I was like, I don't care. Like, it. I know it's fine. Like, I I don't assimilate. I was like, a kind of little, a little bit of a re- rebel when I'm like, I don't assimilate with my body being sexualized, <laughs> being an age. Yeah. I was like, you can't sexualize me. I don't give you permission. So I was like, whoa. wow.
1: There it is. I
0: love that. Oh my God. I need a t shirt. and I have that on a t shirt? <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Um, oh, girl. So. That's so the opposite of me. I like, really? I just now, for the first time in my life, went on a hike. And was exercising in a sports bra mm-hmm. and I did not go to the park. I like went in a tank top yeah. and once I got to the trail and no one was around, like, I took woo, it off yeah. because that's my comfort level. Like yeah. I just like have this shame of like, I'm going to get targeted and it's going to be my fault. And like all this stuff, is oh, oh, just yeah. terrible.
0: Well, I have that too. I have that too. I think it's me wanting to be a rebel to that emotion. Oh, gotcha. So well, it's, I love that. So it's, yeah. So it's definitely not like a Oh, I'm just naturally, well, okay, I am I am very comfortable, but I do have those thoughts of like I always want to make sure I'm safe, right? Like I don't mm-hmm. want to like which be naked in the public because I want to be safe. Yeah, can I just say that's the definition of terrorism?
1: One thing I do want to note on that too is something that we've discussed a lot lately is the objective isn't to desexualize nudity, it's to destigmatize sexuality.
2: Boom.
1: it's it's about ridding ourselves of obligation to our sexual urges and and allowing people to be who they are where they are and be un what's what's I, unmolested sounds a little bit like aggressive but i mean that's technically the word we need to allow people space to operate in their own spaces and mm-hmm. be how they're going to be without it without it having to inform the way that we live our lives or experience the world
0: yeah, just because something also just because something or someone is sexual, doesn't mean they're asking for it either.
1: No, <laughs> no, and like and someone's
0: sexuality has nothing to do with you.
1: No, and and your own sexuality, even if you are aroused, doesn't mean you have to do anything with it either.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely that's part of destigmatizing sexuality. Like it's okay. Like like it's. I think so many people are scared of their own reaction to men. I would I would say right yeah. because there's something to physically deal with
1: well and i think okay i don't think the pornography um um what's the word industry mm. is something damaging in and of itself but i think something damaging that has come of pornography is the trope that any sexual interaction has to end in climax
0: true yeah 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 because
1: i mean that gets into that gets into your psyche even when you're a married couple having mm-hmm. consensual sex in a space that you're trying to just be intimate with each other and you're trying to engage your sexuality yep. with your partner. Yep, There is this ideology that's come of that that there's an obligation for sex to be buttoned up and complete and finished. There mm-hmm. has to be climax. And, and I think that also feeds into the idea that if you have any sort of sexual urge, something needs to be done about it.
0: Ooh, yeah. Very good. You know, one time I lifted up my arms in worship and I was basically attacked with like somebody being like, how dare you worship? How dare you think you can worship when, you know, I see a little bit of like skin on the belly, right? you it going to cause someone to stumble. Oh my gosh, I know. And so that was...
1: you like, your eyes should have been closed anyway.
0: Yeah, you should have been in the moment, not looking at my midriff, you perv. But anyway, so that, and then I was where you know, I would like to wear chokers. Chokers, and that was like somebody was like, "You look like a sex worker," and like just a lot of things where I mentally was like, "I don't give you that permission." Like I have to tell myself, or else I'm I'm gonna be like, "Oh, like I don't know, should I not have? Should I not have? Should I not have?" And I can't do that to myself. Like I refuse to do that. And I also am an older sister, so my younger sister was part of this as well, and she was very much affected. So she has her own version, own story of like how this really, really affected her and how, you know, being sexualized was just very damaging. Um And I think as an older sister, I kind of took on the role and it was natural for me to be like, we give no Fs, Brooke. Like, we give no Fs. Like, it's fine. Like, it doesn't matter, like, what they say. But she's like, it does matter. And, like, what if I'm leading somebody down? I'm like, you're not. Like, and I refuse. And I'm just, and I think that's just being an older sibling. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like. Totally. With somebody who's going through the same experience. What is great and what I've really it's been part of my journey is that this whole protecting somebody else, really I was I was protecting her, yes, but I was protecting myself. And there was I was protecting protecting my child self, my inner child. And it's taken me now a couple years to actually heal and feel a lot of the things that people said to me and about us and all of that in my life not just in you know the career I was in just in general it's taken time I think I think listening through this whole episode there is a sense of I'm just you know I'm just a badass wall I'm good like nothing you external
1: or externalize all of the hurt
0: yeah and I think I was like well I'm protective so it's like all good it's all good and it's not all good like that it's it's not and it did hurt and it was damaging and it was traumatizing and i feel like there's i can hear it in my voice there's a sense of um holding on to i don't know her- like a, there's protection.
1: like a pride in your apathy
0: yeah yeah so I, that's interesting to hear and see kind of where i've journeyed since this episode aired i've i've softened but in a sense I've definitely gotten stronger because that's what happens when you heal
1: yeah for sure well and I think that's a lot of the damage that purity culture does too is it's not an experience that you have to experience for yourself it's that you're surrounded by a system that tells you and tells other people how they have to be and how they have to exist and you're sitting and observing mm. other people being told how they have to exist and other people being shamed for things. And so you get into a place of avoidance maneuvers yeah. where you shape the way that you live and the way that you operate in society because you don't want to be treated like that person.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a journey for me, realizing that I am worthy of being protected and I don't have to find somebody else to protect but myself. I can't shut up around Ashley. She's always giving me permission to talk and I can't stop. Well,
2: and that's what drew me to you is like I just recognize so much of my own discovery and like yearning Mm -hmm. like in your journey. Mm -hmm. And like I know for me, it was so integral to have people That gave you permission, that asked questions that like you were like, oh wait, yeah, wait. Yeah, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Like I don't know why I've thought that way. And and I still look for that, right? Like Mm. we're always growing. And so I can learn from you in your journey. And it's just very like symbiotic. So who was
1: that person for you? My
2: granddaddy. Oh, Oh, really? He was he was a missionary with the Southern Baptist Church um, for 40 years. And then in his older age, he taught himself to read Hebrew. He translated the Bible oh gosh, well, and then just right. started going on archaeological Whoa. digs and like going to Bible scholars conferences. He couldn't get enough. He couldn't get enough. Okay. And then he had this like, what have I been doing moment. Of Were like, you alive? Like, was this oh during gosh, your this life? this was during my sexual awakening. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. And so I would just talk to him all the time. And he just kind of felt like I've been force feeding Jesus or my God down these people's oh, throats. And who am I to say that this is the right way? They already had their God. And oh, it wow. gives me chills. Sal. And oh, wow, and, and so that was kind of my permission to like, well, let me learn more. What more can I learn? Wow.
1: It's so interesting to me that people do find that path so late in life. Because I feel like there's, there's so much more to grab onto when you're that old. You know, like you get to a place where you're like, I don't really know what's happening anymore. But mm-hmm. the things I do know are my experiences. Like, I'm, like that's, that's what people put so much value in experience. When you get older, yeah, kind of stake it all there, and uh, to abandon the thing that has the most value for you socially and and seek out enlightenment and seek out new ideas and new thoughts and new ways of being is just so huge,
0: yeah, depending on how what you think of the afterlife essentially the older you are, the closer you are to that wholeness, that light, that heaven, whatever. And so yeah. maybe there's just a natural spiritual draw to that. There's even rumors, now I haven't really looked into it, so these are rumors, that um, Billy Graham even kind of had some sort of enlightenment towards the end of his life.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, like he kind of went more um, universalist. Essentially. I again I haven't looked into it. I've just only heard that those rumors and that's why, like, of course he was old, but but that's why you didn't see much of him in his later life. That's that's what I've heard. Interesting. But I haven't done my research. So maybe if you're hearing this hearing this, you know, enjoy enjoy researching. Um okay, well, I'm so glad. I'm so happy that like you've had that experience with your grandfather and like him just like helping bring you into the the light i can i say the light can i say bring you into the light well, how about bring you, you into truth
1: and yeah. and i don't i don't think that's derogatory to anybody there's think, no like yeah. hierarchy to truth Mm-mm. there just is truth
0: yeah, yeah so i don't mean the light so your light
2: oh that's beautifully put yeah it goes back to what you were saying too, about sexual integrity like integrity like you said truth and light these are all things that are kind of personal and yeah. um yeah, only you know if you're living out of your integrity or not. yeah, That's
0: true. you know, I, I then ask, how do we move forward? And I think that's that's whenever we're talking about purity culture, the conversations need to revolve around wholeness, embodiment and sexual integrity, bodily integrity, whole your mind integrity, like knowing and 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 pressing into responding, listening. And then responding to your body's reactions and body, including literal physical body things like you're shaking or hands sweating, but also listening to your body and what what are the thoughts coming through to your head? Do you feel safe? Do you feel unsafe? Does this feel right? Does this feel wrong? Or listening to your heart, <laughs> listening to your feelings, listening to your gut, I think so much of Christianity and a, a lot of religions. Patchouli? Quiet. Quiet. A lot of religions, um, essentially, to keep you assimilated and to keep you in line, they, they kind of teach you to shut off your own intuition and your own um, voice which I believe is God within. right? His, and if you like the word, if you like the verbiage of Holy Spirit, then Holy
1: Spirit. Um, well, what better way to control people in, within a structured religion that revolves around the acceptance of a God while shutting off any sort of active communication from that God? Yeah. Then you have a text that's fixed and finite yep. that you can push everybody back to and say, there is no God speaking to you because right. you can't trust you right which is god speaking to you so then you just right. get locked in this place where god only can speak through the leaders right and so then the leaders lead a congregation and then those congregations have have different denominations where you have structure and you have rules around how you practice your faith
0: and i think it's just so interesting you know i've talked on a couple episodes about how i struggled with the idea of prayer Christian prayer and how I was like, well, how is that different than, you know, I didn't use the word meditating, but just like being in silence and nature and all that. But also it was more how, how do I hear from God? Because all you keep telling me is to not listen. (laughs) All I keep hearing is don't listen to the voice in your head. Don't follow your heart. Don't listen to your gut. And yet I'm supposed to hear some divine voice.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that told. apparently
0: is within me but yet I can't listen to it like right that's confusing and I was and that was my pushback that's like the thing that I just kept like i my poor parents tried to really really get that christian prayer life into my soul and i just i always was so confused by it and i think that's why is because i was like well if am i supposed to listen or am i am i not mm-hmm. sexual intimacy is sex <laughs> mm-hmm. um that can be very alarming to people and that was alarming to me too and i didn't so and i i did explore sexually like with other people before i got married to adam so what is that what so did i have sex is that sex then and that's <laughs> yeah. something i that have you know i did i have sex before marriage like if i you know me and a, a boyfriend like give each other hand jobs so is that is that sex yeah. yeah if that's what i consider sex with my husband like some like you know, if we have intercourse one night and the other, another night we're just like like whatever, messing around. I know this might be too much detail, but like it's fine. Um, what what is what is sex, right? And so it just like led me on this. Yeah, I mean, I just want to. I just I think I echo all of that. I feel like that really is the the thing that shook a lot of things up for me because I yeah. I mean, just exactly what I said. There are there are nights. There still are nights. There's days. Whatever, sex isn't just at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are there are moments where we are sexually intimate, but it doesn't involve intercourse. But that is sex, and therefore, if that's sex, then then the other times that I've done that those things with someone else that sex
1: yeah I, I think that's been a big talking point for us and, and a few of our friends too where it's just like we're just you know people that we've had conversation with in general is I feel like so many people can be so progressive in so many ways and they can think so many different things about the permissibility of sex and attraction mm-hmm. and sexuality but like for us especially like that was just that was just a space that was challenging yeah. a mental hurdle to get past to say that this idea of who i thought i was and the thing that i thought i did i didn't actually in fact do
0: yeah yeah I just this idea of who i would be too like my I had these expectations of myself as like a wife or a sexual partner when really, I, I mean, I had boyfriends who I would do things with sometimes, but I didn't have partners. Right. My relationships were always those. Those sexual moments were always written down in my brain as mistakes. So it's not like I had partners. Right. <laughs> they, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't a beneficial part of the relationship. No. It wasn't it was, growing anything. Mm-mm.
0: It was always something that was shameful. So it's hard to say. You know, if I if I if I was in the mindset that I'm that in now and was in the dating scene and I was having sexual partners, then I would probably be able to more like I would wrap, be able to wrap my mind around the fact that it was sex a lot better. You know what I mean? But purity culture just convinced me that the other things that I was doing wasn't sex, which was the problem whenever we started
1: doing things. It was the loophole.
0: Yeah, the loophole, which that doesn't, that's not helpful for anyone.
1: It's so interesting because I mean, we were still in the process and in the beginning of so much but i think we had an innate sense of where we were going and and what we what we were starting to formulate as our beliefs and we really were deconstructing all the things that that we had yeah. preconceived notions of and i just think i think that's where we still are which just proves that this is such a it's such a process it's not a it's not a landing space
0: right and I will say to anyone who's like, wow, they seem to have figured it out by the beginning. And that's not necessarily true either. We started the podcast by the time I had any sense of something to stand on. Yeah. You know?
1: We just still don't know anything. That's a summary. <laughs> we still know nothing. <laughs> Welcome Basically, to the podcast.
0: Where we know nothing for sure ever at all. And <laughs> Thanks for listening.
1: Until next time.
0: <laughs> Is that it? That's <laughs> so gonna end. It.
1: Why uh, not?
0: I guess we will. Thanks guys for listening. Until next time. Bye. bye. <laughs> if you liked this episode, please share, rate, and review on whatever platform you're listening.
1: As always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.